Minds and Minds Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Minds Podcast. Tights and Minds. So here I am doing everything I can, holding on to what I am. Podcasting Battle Swiss Superman! Welcome to a special bonus episode of Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the head of the tape, Hal, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Grinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> Danielle Radford, did I do that right? Uh, a, that's amazing. Because you're grinning? Uh, and yes. Well, big smiles is. I got that big Taylor Swift Joker smile. Um, a, amazing, amazing reference. B, how, how are you never in like a post-pop punk 2000s band? I was not cool enough to be in a band. And I was too interested in staying at home. That's fair. And watching television to go listen to other people's bands. And also it was very loud and I don't drink. So I was not, I don't, I think I went to like three parties in four years of of college. And that is, it sounds like you respected your parents too much to be in a band, Hal. Mm. No, my mother was the one who tried to get me. She was like, you should get an earring. You have really great earlobes. I was like, no mom, no, I want to wear a suit to school. Um, sliding $20 and yeah. a fake note under your door. Like, you take the day off, Al. Why don't you go out and get yourself into some trouble? Like, go have a crazy day. Uh, the girl at the piercing pagoda is single, Al. Go find yourself a Claire's and have a ball. Go see about it. That other, that British voice you heard was the I Heart Attack, Lucy Kelk. I, I get it. I get what you've done there, Julian, but it does sound like I'm just wishing violence on a lot of people. Like, oh, <laughs> like a little yeah. I have not had a heart attack, and I do not wish a heart attack upon you. Grand. Um, but I did write some books called I Heart, so well well done. Well done. And I, you know how I feel about the Heart family. Yeah. I love them. And in, in honor of all of you Max Fun members who we're so grateful for, we are happy to welcome another member of the Max Fun Network, the host of the JV Club, Slam It Janet Varney. Thank you for joining Hello, us, Janet. Hello, everyone. Slam It, huh? What, why do I feel like I introduced you Our like Janet. we haven't known each other for years and years <laughs> and are, aren't very close friends? I was like, it's Janet Varney. Now, Janet, you have a new, uh, you have a new special Don't coming look out? at me with Is those that... television dead eyes, Hal. It's me. It's me. <laughs> oh, my name's Hal. Me and Janet are friends because we're both VO buddies. Yeah, I get it, Halbert. <laughs> yeah, we're part of the Mike Club. That's how we oh. the microphone, microphone alley. I know and love each and every one of you. See, mofos. she doesn't. She doesn't pick between her babies, Hal. Yeah. Look, I was just commenting on myself and how I sounded. I sounded really detached. It occurs to me every time we do this show, and it's been however many years. I just sound like a. I'm like a radio DJ, but like in a Just bad way. That's how I feel. That's what I hear you're, when I talk. You're an eminent professional, Hal. Yeah, I don't you can't like it. turn it off. That's the problem. You're so good mm-hmm. and so professional. You cannot turn it off. I'm firing Thank myself. God. That's the exclusive here. <laughs> I'm fired. That's the exclusive. That's extremely exclusive. <laughs> Janet, did you ever watch wrestling growing up at all? Like what? what's your... 
experience with it. I want to, you know, this is, speaking of not going to parties, this is like the feeling where I'm Mm -hmm. at the party where it's so tempting to like try to make something (laughs) up, to build up some measure of cred. It's not going to happen. As a young person, I definitely had no sense of wrestling other than, um, I guess I thought, I mean, I, I don't know, like, uh, maybe there's some rules to the podcast that I don't know. Like, nope. I, like, like, I'm not like, uh, maybe do we acknowledge this? Not like real violence. Uh, so, yes, you do. You definitely do. Um, yeah, you, we, we even know. I know this. <laughs> so I didn't know that. You know, I, I just thought it was like a bunch of like steroided out dudes who were hurting each other. And so just nothing about that appealed to me. And I had a peripheral sense of people coming out of and this is very much pre Dwayne Johnson and all that. But, you know, I had a, a peripheral sense of like, like, you know, like, oh, Mr. T actually seems like he's got a lot going on. Like, he's got a fun personality. He's an actor. <laughs> How rare for a wrestler is what I thought. You know what I mean? So every once in a while, I thought there was an outlier who would, like, break out of the reality of violent wrestling and be charming and funny and likable. And then f- for me, I kind of do want to say that it wasn't until Dwayne Johnson, it wasn't until The Rock that I was like, Oh, they're all like that. <laughs> oh, this I should go to the source on this one. So maybe the source is actually producing these types of very charismatic and charming and and funny intelligent people. So it that's kind of how long it took me. And then when I moved to LA, um I did see I did go to some like Lucha Vavoom shows mm. and there's always like mm-hmm. a funny fun mm-hmm. wrestling component there. Mm-hmm. Um so that's like my live experience is doing that. And then I for sure have seen a lot of movies with former wrestlers in them and I for sure <laughs> have seen uh, Andy Kaufman's footage of wrestling <laughs> and I for sure have seen Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman in the movie Man on the Moon <laughs> wrestling. That is it, and I and 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 Andre the Giant was very beloved to all of us. Uh, sure, for mm-hmm. the you know obviously for the Princess Bride and all that good stuff. So well, th- there, there there was one thing though, Janet. I must say that I did not. I I completely forgot about this until two seconds before we were about to start recording, and that was in uh, in one of your other many things that you do, the Avatar universe. There exists. Uh, a wrestling episode and it's uh, yes. it was before you came into the show before Cora was introduced yes but it yes. has Toph uh in an underground wrestling ring and, so and the boulder was originally supposed to be voiced by the rock Dwayne yes. Johnson but instead it was Mick Foley which was still they really awesome I, I know Foley, I was like I what's happening that? with Mick Foley I would love for him to do braving the elements like that feels mm. like you can get him but mm. it's coming we're doing get we're it. in season two right now and it's that episode is creeping up in a very fast way. It's the fastest creep ever. So I don't know if that's going to yeah, happen, but yeah, we'll take him anytime. Okay. <laughs> Danielle's making this happen. She's yeah. going to be on the show. Um, <laughs> but that's very true. That's very true. So that's that's my that's my history with wrestling. I like the Andy Kaufman stuff. I th- actually think it's a really good explanation of what wrestling is to someone mm-hmm. who doesn't isn't particularly a fan. Like, you know it's not real, but the extent to which... You watch him craft a persona to to sell it to a crowd so that they'll he can get the reaction that he wants. And also to blur the lines of reality like he did on on the Letterman show when when Lawler slapped him and 
everybody's like, is that real? Did that really happen? And and, and it's like, no, even... two men don't slap each other on live television. <laughs> no, <it never laughs> no. That simply doesn't happen. No one would yeah. do that. when we're recording this. Guess when we're recording this episode. <laughs> If you had to pick a date, pick a date, everybody. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. You can't say (laughs) that statement today and not have someone bring You can't use the slap word without that that coming up. It's just not not legally possible anymore. We would have had to bring it up. Yo, and and I'm going to right now because we're already here, so why not? Um, And without getting into it, because like I feel like everyone is saying way too much about this thing, and and, and there's like a, a, a couple of... I just need everyone. I get it. If like it's your job to hot take stuff because that's how you sell it is like, well, I cover the Ukraine. So Uh I'm going to figure out a way to make this about the Ukraine. It's like you don't have to. But one Mm -hmm. thing about that that was happening was a lot of people were saying, well, this is just like wrestling, like it's a work. Yes. Marks of the world joined together. Marks of the world, you know. You were like, wait a second, wait a second. (laughs) But so it was one of those things where it was like I kept having to tell people before we we really like got to see the footage because so much of it was blanked. I was like, nah, a the slap looks real. He just he's a good base and he caught it. He but he said he's been slapped in the mouth before. Chris Rock has, and b no one's gonna like risk this reputation on like that slap. Yeah. But <laughs> not on that. Not slap. on that I love slap. That I'm qualified. <laughs> that's your qualification. <laughs> like on that slap, seriously. Well, because that's not going to get you on Mania. That's not going to get you invited to the main event. Look, Come on. I just we don't hit people. Hitting is wrong. But that's not like a championship hit. <laughs> that's not like a. That's not like a. You have a. You know, like a, a strong jaw hit. Like that's. Def- I mean, that's let's a be realistic. Hit. Vince. Vince saw the footage the next day, and Vince was like, no. Nah. Uh, so Vince? we don't expect to see him at WrestleMania. That's all we're saying. Like, I don't expect I to see him. I 100% guaranteed that someone asked Chris Rock if he wanted to come. I, I mean, I, when I say that, I mean allegedly. I mean speculation. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's no way someone didn't reach out to Chris Rock and go, you know, WrestleMania is coming up. <laughs> there's no way that didn't happen. And B, yeah. there's no way that they aren't currently like, well, well, pal, uh, who do we get to do this slap? Is, my, is Malcolm Bivens still around? Can he get a slap? Cody will 100% tell someone to keep his wife's name out of their fucking mouth when he goes to, when he debuts in a few oh, weeks. Oh, that's actually... Sure. Oh, sure. God, it's gonna... Stop speaking things into existence, Julian. <laughs> he keeps manifesting the wrong thing. Anyway, Janet, wrestler. Sorry. Yes, 100%. I think that's... A, but you're you're so right, Danielle. I, every, I was just saying that to someone else. Like, oh, everyone has to put their spin of whatever they... But this is... I mean, this is a podcast about wrestling and like it's very very fair to talk about whether or not something's real or not in terms of like odd violence between dudes (laughs) welcome to wrestling odd violence between dudes (laughs) (laughs) just like a really great tagline just the irony as well that we just made you justify why you are not a wrestling fan is not lost on me when we are the three weird kids in the corner at the party that none of us went to um, talking about last night's Monday Night Raw. It's like, well, why didn't you watch it? Instead of us explaining why we do watch it. This is a real turn up for the books for me today. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so confused. I'm like, now you all know how we feel. <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve it. Well, I feel terrible about the whole thing. Because if you let, well, because that's why. Because if you let me talk too much about like explaining wrestling to someone, that's all the podcast is for three hours. <laughs> Julian will leave after an hour and a half. I will still somehow be here. All of you will be gone. I'll just still be talking. <laughs> 
Look, here's a dog. That dog needs walking. There it is. I just saw it. That dog That dog has needs. Link has places to go. Julian cannot part with our nonsense. So I will <laughs> say, anyone before else. we move on um, to our next thing, something I will say, the way, and I've said this before on the podcast, the way that I was able to explain to my mom and my sister and other people who understand that I love wrestling but don't understand why I love wrestling. They came to visit a couple years ago, pre the ick, and we went to Universal, which was obviously a grand time. We went to the Waterworld like, uh, action adventure show, which is one of the yeah. best things that anyone can go to if you go to a theme park. And my mom is watching it and she's like, oh my God, that person's on fire. Oh my God, they just fell from that thing. And I turn to her and I go, yeah, but you know that they're like safe and this is like a stunt they're doing, right? She's like, yeah, but this is so amazing. I can't take my eyes off of it. And I go, that's wrestling. Oh. And that's like the best way I've ever been able to describe wrestling for people. That's the most value Waterworld has brought the film or the yeah, the, yeah. the ride the experience. I, I, I revere it. <laughs> um, I talked about it so much in the writers' room for honest trailers. They finally had to put it into the trailer when we did Waterworld, just to be like Danielle, you have to stop talking about the Waterworld <laughs> universe. Right? I have very fond memories of the backdraft experience, which seems similar, just less yes. water, more fire, even more fire. I was like, this is scary and great. Yeah, it's going into a haunted house where it's like, yeah, I know that I'm like being, my job is to go in and be scared. Their job is to scare me. I know it's fake, but it doesn't mean that you're not less scared when something comes out and is like, ooga fucking booga, you know, like that's wrestling. Right. I feel like it's been so long since I've been to a theme park stunt show that it was like the Riptide stunt show. <laughs> Look at this boat go. It's, here comes Magnum P.I. He's there too. Oh, a, a helicopter? It's Airwolf. <laughs> How many more 80s I would go to that shows? tomorrow. Oh, for I would sure. Immediately. <laughs> sure. If not sooner. But <laughs> even just watching just watching this stuff and, you know, I was very lucky and, and pleased and delighted to have Colt Cabana on the JV Club last summer. And I have a huge crush on him now. And like just get in line. Right. And listening to and just listening to him talk about the experience of, you know, coming up in the ranks and like the different divisions and the way you kind of still have like to still be an underdog in this world where I would never have known. I was like, what do you mean you weren't? You didn't have these qualities. Like everything you've described to me seems like that's perfect for wrestling. So just hearing all of the nuance of that was great. And even all the stuff that I watched, you know, before we hopped on together in professional, now everyone's hearing it form, I was saying that I, I did more research than I had to. I mean, I really was like, oh, I need more of this. Like I need to see more. I, you know, I just had a, wanted to get a sense of all the theme songs and just all the stuff that comes along with it. And um, I mean, I Definitely, I'm blown away, and I, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm totally impressed. Then let's dig into it. Okay. This special bonus episode is all about one of our favorite segments on Tights and Fights. We're going to take a look at one wrestler's entrance music and explain how it's evolved over the course of their career. This is Ringtones. This conversation's over. Play my music. Hit the music. Hit the trumpets. This time, we're taking a special look at the Swiss Superman, Cesaro. So you talked about the research you did, Janet. So Julian sent you research, and then he sends this prep email to us, but it doesn't include any of the stuff. Did you just get the music? Did he send you, a, like, a match to watch? So you got. He didn't send who, me any of the music, was? because uh, there was all this other kind of uh, foundational oh, stuff. Oh, I wanted those I reactions needed. live. <laughs> yeah. Ah, all right. Also, I just... Man with a plan. 
I gotta give a quick shout out to the absurdity of doing a segment that's all about music, but your lead-in theme song to that segment is not music. It's a guy saying, please play the music, and then you don't play the music, and then you talk about some other music. Again, welcome to wrestling. (laughs) A whole lot of wrestling is promising that something is going to happen that will not happen. (laughs) I know know we're not going to do this for because we don't have a main like a main event here will you play the main event sting for janet so she can hear oh, that sure. I, out of like, context like, oh my god i can't even wait. i don't want to cheat her of hearing this normally i would go like this is our main event what live pal what I don't even want to put context to it. I feel like we have no. to for our, our listen. We we have to because it's a bonus episode. We have <laughs> listeners who don't normally listen to us. I'm not going to put all of it in context, but basically every time there's like a weird gaff or we in wrestling, we call them like botches or like anything mm-hmm. weird or interesting uh, that we shouldn't be able to hear happens during the broadcast or when someone messes up, we just add it to there. And it started with like three of them. And as the show has gone on at it. least twice a year, something wild happens that is not for our ears that we're like, yeah, we have to put that in there. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was it was like something that like they would play on a radio show in like the 80s to be like, call in and list every one of these sounds or we're only going to play them once. Can you identify each and every one of those moments? And terrifyingly, 97% of wrestling fans can name every single reference yeah. on there to, within 14 seconds. I mean, I went to Cesaro's wikipedia page it's like the longest wikipedia page i've ever seen we don't just go to do janet we don't go out there's all these hot live links i could have clicked i could have been there forever it is the longest bio i have ever seen because well it's like you got to think about it it's like it's not just telling the details of his life they also need to go into the storylines that he's been a part of whether Mm -hmm. that was real or not whether that was part of a thing that he was trying to do all it's like their lives intersect with these characters they play more than more than like a guy playing like they would never put like here's the plot of Iron Man two for Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, right. Wikipedia page. <laughs> Janet, you went to Cesaro school before we recorded. What did you learn? What are, What are your takeaways from from the stuff that you looked at? Well, we, of, of course, I, I'm sure it's you guys are going to talk about the fact that he speaks five languages. That's very impressive. Hello, bonjour, Grizzy. Ciao. Und natürlich. Hallo. So that was English, French, Italian, Swiss, and German. The man speaks five languages. I know I'm going to get in trouble for this. I don't know enough of the difference between Swiss, German, and German to say that that's really number five. It feels like a bit of a stretch. But again, for all of you Swiss Germans out there who are going to hate on me, I'm so sorry. I just, it's true that I don't know that it's enough of a difference. Like, I'm mildly afraid that that's like me claiming that I speak like, you know, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm also fluent in Texas. Like, no, I've been to Texas and that's legit. As an English speaking English person. Also, I would say there is a difference between American English that's and English. That's a good point. So you that's can have Texan point. English. You are at least bilingual. The fact that you <laughs> right? can speak American, you could talk to an American 
you that's two languages you're right so i'm backing <laughs> off everything i just said he speaks five languages um <laughs> I, my first impression of him uh in his face i felt like he looked kind of familiar um had i seen him before were the, what are the chances that i had seen this guy before and then i realized that i was seeing an amalgam of like jason statham david mm-hmm. arquette younger Andrea Gossi and maybe some like Peter Stormare. I don't know how you say his name, but like the guy who grinds people up in uh, Fargo. And, uh, (laughs) and, and then, and then, uh, and then weirdly, I felt almost like I saw a little Andy Kaufman in him. Like I kind of felt like I saw this like a closer set eyes and like the sort of, he has these very bright eyes when he's doing his character that are like, they're real twinkly and bright in this, like, yeah. mm, mm. I'm, you know, and it kind of reminded me of Eddie Kaufman, which was which was kind of cool. He is a charismatic gentleman. Yeah, he definitely has mm-hmm. uh, a twinkle. He definitely has a twinkle in his eye. He's got that, that sounds twinkle. very shady. He's got that twinkle. And then you know his quad wraps. I, I like the socks and those knee pads. Are those knee pads? I'm not quite sure, Buck. Uh, they're not knee pads because if they were knee pads, they'd be covering his knees. <laughs> they're actually around his quads. And yeah. hey, look at Cesaro. I loved him. I don't. I. I love. I love that in his the, when he is when he debuts, the announcers are like, I also don't know what those are. I mean, they're not knee pads, or they'd be on his knees. Uh, they are on his quads. They are most certainly on his quads. <laughs> look, great. it's a big chunky quad, and it needs to be protected. Absolutely, um, shield that. Shield those babies. Yeah, right. Ensure those babies. Quads. Beautiful quads. He loves a good wrap. Like on his arms, he's always got, because of injuries, these, um, I don't know, personal trainers say they work, but these like uh, wraps that, I I don't know what... if you go to some places, they have magnets in them. I don't know if his does. It's like one of those wild like uh, fitness things. But yeah, so he also wears a bunch of those. um, Just to... He's got his teeth wrapped. He's got his teeth wrapped. He's got his arms (laughs) wrapped. He's got his quads wrapped. Well, he's like a mummy. His head went into a post. Oh, my God. You know, the WWE went from regular ring posts to these really wide ones that I guess can hold advertising on the sides, but also allows... And cameras. They would use it as, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. But not extra cushioning. So (laughs) he landed wrong and lost his two front teeth. Well, he didn't lose them, Hal. They got got, shoved up in. I think they had to extract them after that, right? What? What? He, like, ate it. Like, he went uh, down, um, ate it, and his teeth got shoved back up into his mouth. Yes. Um, so he had to go on, undergo some pretty serious emergency dental surgery, uh, yeah. which is why you will now, oh, in his later work, mm-hmm. always see uh, Cesaro wrestle in a mouth guard. But, you know, um, if you didn't know what to cool. get him for Christmas... <laughs> he wants those two like front teeth. two front teeth. <laughs> it's all he... And it's all he wants for Christmas. It's all he wants for Christmas. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, I have a question for you. You guys two questions before it i lost track of what was happening and i went into some sort of fugue state because it was just a bunch of links <laughs> to things i had no idea and references to other people and characters and types of fights and types of singles versus this i i that that went away i, I just sort of went somewhere else but i'm fascinated by the idea that he won most underrated wrestler for a record four years in a row by uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, which is an amazing <laughs> name for a wrestling newsletter. I like that because it feels like if you're winning an award for being underrated four years in a row, 
it feels almost like you are being recognized. So I like the sort of weirdness <laughs> of that. Um, but I also don't know how like how legit of a of a publication that is. I mean, not as legit as this podcast, but you know. I mean, <laughs> definitely not. That goes without saying. That goes without saying. Self- this podcast was all over his wiki page. Don't worry. It was all, it was splashed We have interviewed him. We have See? interviewed him. He has appeared oh, on this God. very pod. I, some, I, I have spoken to him. I got some so, stuff to do. I mean, I got it. Tights and Fights very own. Claudio Castagnoli. Oh, I love it. Okay. And then the other thing is that in 2019, the Bleacher Report called him one of the best, quote, pure wrestlers in WWE. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what being a pure wrestler means. Can you help me? Sure. From a physical performance standpoint, uh-huh. all a wrestling match is a story told between two or more people yeah. with using physicality. <clears throat> and there is a variety of ways you can do that. You can do it with very few moves, which a guy like John Cena is known for. As great as he was at telling a story, he didn't he didn't have a, a big toolbox with which to tell it. Okay. That douchebag Hulk but Hogan, same deal. Hulk Hogan had fewer moves. But a guy like Cesaro, who who had wrestled all over the world, took all these different styles and was able to to basically work with anybody yep. and work any kind of match. Yep. Okay. And that forget how he how he sounds when he gets on the microphone or anything like that. Just from a physical performance standpoint, the, the size of his of the toolbox that he was <laughs> able to use. Talk about the size of his toolbox. Yeah, we well. almost got there. He's a t- he's a, he seemed like a real tall drink of protein. His he's, hands are real. Yeah. Dude, he is really a real much. tall coffee. Yeah. He is a venti. I don't know what a Swiss coffee would be. He loves co- <laughs> he loves coffee. That's why this is a coffee yeah. joke. Yeah. Uh, but what a chat! Oh my goodness! Exactly. Like when he, Arsenal I mean, I'm not execution. going there. I won't. I won't lower us. I'll do it off off mic. But like, what a beautiful man, um, and right, just genuinely nice guy. Have you seen him do the swing? Here's what I saw. This, mm-hmm. If you're talking about the great Kali and how he swings him around like mm-hmm. he's creating mm-hmm. a, a, a lo-fi children's playground of some kind mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with things that kids should be able to climb mm-hmm. on and just be like, wee! Uh, I did see that. It was super impressive. I saw him pick up the giant, um, which mm-hmm. was also, like, I was flabbergasted. I also saw him, I think maybe when in uh, for his debut, it seemed almost like he was like cleaning up a little portion of the ring with someone's head. Like he was just sort of lightly swishing someone's head back and forth in like this almost like I'm house cleaning kind of way. It was like, it's a renewable resource. Like you have to, you know, Swift is a one use only. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't do one use only. You could use someone's head and they can watch yeah. that one head. Of the and it is greenest yeah. wrestlers you will find. No, I was, I was super impressed. And then also Julian sent me a clip where he's, um, he interrupts, uh, he interrupts, what's that guy's uh, Daniel name? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he interrupts mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan's thing. Now known as Brian Danielson. And here comes the pound for pound strongest Brian, man in Brian, WWE. Brian. I thought I beat some sense into you last week, but here you are again talking about how you're going to win the Royal Rumble. I mean, I, I do appreciate you explaining the rules to everybody. I mean, I could have done it better and in five different languages. <laughs> C'est vrai, oui? Daniel Bryan seems so small. Like, it's really mm-hmm. one of those, like, they're not facing off. They're, like, face-chesting off. Like, he's really sort of baby-birding <laughs> looking up to Cesaro in this the way where you're like oh no oh you're so small now I'm just thinking about how much money I would pay to see 
Cesaro baby bird <laughs> Brian Daniels. <laughs> no, I'm like, no, I'd watch that. Yeah, I'd watch them. I'd watch that. Wrestling Road Diaries Part Five. Like, I would. I, would yeah. watch I, I hate to say it, but Vince McMahon just heard Janet say all that stuff about uh, Cesaro being tall and Daniel being short, and said, "God damn it, I told you. What the fuck are we talking about here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cesaro is like a gorgeous, multilingual Ken doll who can throw around anyone in the ring super strong technically amazing can work with uh literally everybody um can do all of the flippies suicida uh the topes and all that stuff but like china chooses not to because again teeth stuff mm-hmm. he is a superstar but the like it, it's the problem is that like they feel and I, I'm not, look, I don't know. Like, so I, I can't be like, I know this is why. But you get a feeling that it is like he has a very heavy accent. And it's like, eh, well, that's like weird. But he's an incredibly talented dude. And yeah, he's not one of the bigger, flashier people. Although Janet, he did have um, a gimmick for a while where he came out in a Bond suit. That's what I, That was terrifying. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. Made it himself. Sewed it himself. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is that true? That suit, the tear off suit, made it himself. Yes, he did. He is. This is why he's the greatest man. They often do. They often make their own gear. Yeah. yeah. What a pioneer. Made his own tear off suit. When I saw the reference to him having like some sort of James Bond theme, and I'm excited to to hear you all get into the theme music stuff. I definitely was like, no, again, knowing nothing, just looking at the email, I was like, oh boy. I'm so sure, like, a wrestler deserves to, like, you know, he's, who's going to, and then I saw it and I was like, no, it makes sense. It's to- it's totally earned. <laughs> Not that I like, I mean, I don't esteem James Bond, the character, that much. But in terms of, sure. like, putting the sort of the classy, like, international super spy kind of twist on something, I did not anticipate a a wrestler to kind of hold all of that. But it totally works. It completely, ma- it seems like, I mean, he earned it. It makes sense. It totally makes sense. What a guy. Yeah. What a guy. Let's jump into his music. Great. Let's start with with the very first theme song he has. You're going to find, Janet, that there's a lot of generic wrestling music out there. We're, so here, here's his first theme. Judge for yourself how generic it is. Great. Wait, hold on. Will you start it over again? Everything was going well for Jimmy. <laughs> It was his first day of college and he was finally alone. Then he met the girl who would turn his life upside down. It's Freshman Follies, coming this summer from Universal Pictures. And then that's where our record scratch goes. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And then a grandma uh, raps and or breakdances. I've never seen one that big. Freshman Follies. Yeah, that was real uh, youngstery. I'm. You nailed it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I, could, I wouldn't have been able to put my finger on what was happening, but it was definitely very bouncy yeah. in like yeah. a not threatening way. <laughs> yeah, you expect to see him with someone's uh, head under his arm, giving him a, a, a head rub. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. like oh, pansies for everyone. Yeah. One of the things that we have heard about why Cesaro maybe did not reach the heights that we wanted him to, as far as like championships and accomplishments and whatnot, was because a lot of people backstage thought he looked very old and that people did not uh would not be into them so say they probably 
swung too far the other way and was like, what if we made him sound like a 15-year-old? <laughs> also, what absolute ridiculous. He looks like an appropriately aged, respectful king. And I will That's never right. forgive him. I mean, I'll just never yeah. get over it, but I will shut my mouth because like, I'll, nev- I'll never be okay. That song is the band I was in, but you know, that's fine. That was your band, see? I'm into it. I'm more into it than I expected to be. <laughs> I want to come see you play live, Danielle, and just skank around the room. Oh, like, yeah. I, I mean, I look, you're going to get me skanking. You're going to get me picking it up, but I don't play an instrument. But you will for sure get some picking up of it. Nice. You do like air trombone. That's what you yes. do with your yes. ska, like, like air trombone. I love trombone. it when you, you open bass? for bare naked ladies. That was uh, my favorite of your shows. Uh. Uh, well, after the first generic theme song, yeah. things only got a little bit more generic. Here, here's his second theme song. Yeah. All right, start this one over, Julian. <laughs> I was going to take it, album. but you take it. Coming to the WB. For years, he has thirsted for blood, but now... He's going to high school. It's Orlock, the freshman. <laughs> Coming this fall to the WB. Slightly well, now I want to hear, Danielle, what fractional. you were going to do. Can we hear? Yeah, can yeah, we let's have, hear your oh, version. Oh, gosh, multiverse? oh, gosh, oh, no, 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 no. It's a multiverse. <laughs> it's a multiverse. Look, everything's a multiverse these days if you want to sell it. Exactly, exactly. All right. You know, sometimes you just... You just don't know where you want to be and you just don't know what you want to do and you just no one understands your parents don't understand and you're all alone and then one day (laughs) (laughs) this is my brutality Trying you, made to that too. you made that sound too good. You made that into something yeah. that I was like, I know. I'm starting to feel yeah, like it I was works. Like, Wait, I'd watch I this. went on a journey there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it for that better than I like it for him walking it's not. 20 to 30 feet too Because he's not that dude that goes around and is like, I'm going to dance to the music or I'm going to like hold up my t-shirt and throw it at you or whatever. Yeah. He's very much like, I'm just going to go to the ring to kick your ass. Like whatever you yeah. need to get me from point or to get, to get me from gorilla to the ring, like that's what I'm gonna mm-hmm. do. Gorilla is the the uh, uh, name for the uh, production team that is backstage. Oh, okay. Long story it's the short. Thank yeah. you, buddy. Long story yes. short. Yeah. Yes, a famous yeah. wrestler named Gorilla Monsoon would sit back there. That was the oh. position when he was producing stuff. So now they call it Gorilla. I love it. It's the Gorilla position. I love it. Everywhere, not even. I mean, he did yeah. it in WWF, but they call it that. So everywhere. it's like right behind backstage. That's where you like get ready to like amp up, and everyone's yeah. there, and they amp you up, and then you go through the curtain. So whereas like another wrestler would like do something like go over to somebody and like take their hat and like pretend to eat it and shred it into pieces and throw it like they're like the whole parade (laughs) of crazy acts on the way to the ring. That would be something you would see. And he's like too dignified for that. He just wants to get in and he's going to he's going to work. And he doesn't need to dilly dally. <laughs> I just way. having listened to that now twice, I realize it very much as I believe the pitch was: Do you like 
sabotaged by the Beastie Boys, but just the opening bit. For sure. Wow. Before yeah. they scream. For sure. It definitely yeah. sounds... Right? Yeah. And I was like, what is this? I'm like, oh shit. It, it's, <laughs> it's definitely that feeling where you th- where it feels like it's like on a, The Simpsons where they wanted to play the thing that sounds the most like the thing they possibly can. So it's like, you yeah. think you know where it's going. It's like, dan, 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 and you think it's going, dan, 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 or whatever. And then it's, yeah. it's yeah. like one weird yeah. note so, off. Do you like so Rage Against like, the Machine? Yeah. Do you like yeah. the Beastie Boys sabotage? Well, this is not that. But how about we listen to it anyway? I was like, yeah, okay, okay, great. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. It's a step up. It's definitely meaner sounding than the first one. Yes, love yeah, more gives intent. You attitude. It has way more intent. Yeah, we, attitude, yeah, yeah. we, we love a license free. Yeah. <laughs> when the songs sabotage and Kashmir have a baby, you know, trouble's coming <gasps> to the ring. That's and exactly. then sometimes P Diddy comes out and is like, "You owe me mm-hmm. money," and it's like, "We don't. No one saw Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. No, you get nothing." Yes. They finally went away from generic theme songs uh, with his third try. Here's his first non-generic theme song. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw this one. I listened it's to like it. This is like if the, the United Nations formed a rap group or something. C'est vrai. Like, did we mention he speaks multiple languages? Would you like to hear all of them at once? Well, here they are. <laughs> Wait, is that his voice? Is oh, God, I no. hope so. No. 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 Is it? Wait, is it? it? It would be so satisfying. I, 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 well, is that C, uh, CFO dollar sign? No, this was well before then. I don't think it then. is. Yeah. No, it was, no, okay. So yeah, still Jimmy Johnson? I also looked it up. But it does sound time. like there's there's German and French happening in there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. possibly yeah, yes, there's multiple Swiss languages German. I don't that. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. there. That. I would not it's, know. It's, Wild. Hey, wild. Pe- people rap all over the world. We're not mm-hmm. saying whether they should or could. Yeah. Uh, it, th- th- they do, though. Like, I'll have to look, but this was probably a Band-Aid situation where they're just like, you know what, guys? Let's sing about the rivers in Africa this Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, he speaks a lot of different languages. How can we work all of them into a song? Yeah. So if you're listening, instead of watching Go to the Ring, you're going, well, that's French. Yeah. Is that German? Is it Swiss German? Is it... What are the is other that, languages? Is that text in English? Like I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. It is wild to me that for so long, whoever it was in creative that was in charge of coming up with his personality and coming up with his character, they were just like, "Hey, how about we just make his whole thing?" That it, not the fact that he is this giant physical specimen with insane natural strength, notably doesn't indulge in. He doesn't do alcohol. He has never used steroids. Like he's very open about. Like talks about it a lot. <laughs> but they were like the, the most important thing we can think to tell people about him is he speaks multiple languages and it's like that is awesome and that is like so cool that he does that as a human but what if we looked at something else for this giant hunk of man yeah. in this incredibly physical job where he walks around in tiny panties and hurls men around a room they're like no it's the languages Lindsay Kelly. Two languages. And and I I feel like that was one of those things where because, and I don't know the creative process that went into figuring out his character, but I do feel like that was one of those things where it was like, look, we don't know what to do with you. You're an international man now. I think that he was three seconds away from just like straight up being Austin Powers. I mean, I might have been 
better with that. Like it's hard to say. No. I mean, because well, if you if you look at his indie style, so before he came to WWE, which we don't have the music for, I don't believe, but he he so Solaro worked in a bank. Like that was his job. He was literally a Swiss banker. Oh my god! But in the very literal sense, like he was a so Swiss funny. man who worked in a bank, oh. and he got his green card to come over here in the green card lottery. He just applied in the lottery oh, wow. and won, and that's how he ended up coming out here to work. But he was wrestling, and his gimmick on the indies in Europe was in a, as a Swiss banker, which is arguably a funnier Certainly. and better gimmick so than funny. just, hey, you guys, listen to me speak French now. Yeah. Like, and they never thought to go with that. Especially, they never thought to go with well, that. Uh, well, because especially considering that like such a conceit that they've always done is, oh, well, we're the bad guys, we're your bosses, we're evil, whatever. Why wouldn't they suddenly like literally the son of Vince McMahon comes out to a theme song that says, here comes the money. Why and wouldn't you have, have him come out as your money guy? life Swiss banker. Yeah. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Thank God he wasn't a watchmaker, because that's another thing he could have been. They could be like, he's always on time. He just comes out and taps his watch, is like nodding. <laughs> yes, I'm on time. They definitely had watchmaker. They definitely had cuckoo clock maker. Cuckoo they definitely clock. had sound of music. They definitely had uh, like. We this need you, please. Yes. We need you to act more crazy. We've got this is a cuckoo <laughs> clock situation. Give us something. Pop out from somewhere unexpected, please. And uh, we will move oh, on. They could have built him a giant clock. Yes. <laughs> they could have built him a giant cuckoo clock for Mania oh. and he could have popped out on the ramp. Oh. It would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. Sh- like shot him out like an air cannon. Yes. Right? Yes. Shoot him from there to the yes. ring. Yes. Like a t-shirt yes. cannon. And obviously yeah. we'll move on. But Janet, knowing that you are so into the idea of wrestling who have professions... That is all of like the late eighties, early nineties. Oh, if you ever come I mean, back, we oh, will yeah. we will explore that because who happily girl. Happily. Womp. I'm in. Now we've booked the return engagement. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Theme song number four as uh, when he was working with a, a manager named Zeb Coulter, who was basically like a tea party. That was the gimmick was he was like <sighs> super uh, xenophobic, had the don't tread on me flag. <sighs> Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, everything they did was a we the people, like that was their yeah. incredibly ahead of its time. Oddly enough, <laughs> yeah. Being oh. cr- well, of its time, but uh, sadly has gotten more relevant. 100%. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it never really made sense that they took on a foreign national, uh-huh. <laughs> and then they became table. like an international team. And it's like, no, you already did this the like weird. That you, don't yeah. tread on me thing. <laughs> it's your whole yes. thing. It's your whole thing. <laughs> Now, no they're, sweppy, they're, no sweppy. <laughs> uh, there is a, a manager, his name is Paul Heyman, who is a guy from Long Island who, as a teenager, was conning his way into wrestling shows as like a photographer and, and a journalist and eventually became a manager and a promoter. And is probably one of the best people of all time and still currently on a microphone to sell a match. And if anyone he, here who, again, I'm sorry, I just feel like I have to keep going back because I know a lot of people for the bonus episode might be listening who don't necessarily know this, but you may have heard of ECW. He was the dude who came up with ECW. And there is a guy named Brock Lesnar who is one of the more dominant wrestlers of all time. And he, for a very long time, was the manager of Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar would come and go. So one of the times that he was gone, Paul Heyman took on a couple of new clients, one of which was was Cesaro. So this was the theme music he had when with these two managers. This is the last time I think he really had a manager in in WWE. This is like 2014-15. 
Yep, because it was right after uh, Daniel Bryan won the title at uh, And then Mania. before mm-hmm. he did uh, with TJ. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here we go. Now imagine yeah. a bunch of white dudes no. coming out to this theme, not done. And then at the end of it, putting their hands over their heart and going, we, the people. No. Well, you don't have to imagine it. You can just Google it uh, and see it anytime. Anytime. Mm -hmm. I heard this music. I definitely heard the like marching tin soldier music. In one of my, but I didn't see a bunch of guys doing that. I just saw him coming out, and I'm now I'm kind of yeah. It's him and a a a dude that we uh, uh, whatever. I don't even remember a dude who lived this gimmick. (laughs) (laughs) Guy who was way too into. Look, I I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where he was on January sixth, but I would certainly like to find out. Um, But like him and like another dude who I don't think like Zeb's just like a manager. I think he was roped in and said sure, but yeah, yeah. So He's Dutch Mantel was his mm-hmm. other, was yes, his other famous name. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, some it's it's an odd line because sometimes you go to wrestling to escape reality, and other times they go to wrestling to enhance reality and have right. you live out fantasies within reality. And uh yeah, to be fair, sense. I think that this was one thing where WWE, if they realized this could never come back and like even though it, like we said it would be more timely than ever I don't think they would ever rub against this line again and this was like yeah. this is like seven years ago <sighs> Julian it's not that long ago since they had a Bulgarian chap come out <laughs> on a tank with a picture of Putin behind I him mean, on the big screen okay well oh, it's not that thing. long ago so mm. granted it was it was a certain time it was a, a different time he was a heel well, the difference is they were supposed to be the heroes and also, it was just really like funny. maybe it was a big tank. wrestling's been more prescient than we've realized uh, in recent uh, history. I don't know. Yeah. I Look, don't know. they also had John Cena announce that Osama bin Laden had been killed, like before most Saw of the it. world had heard about oh, it. Saw it live. Janet, did you know about this? Great day. No, there was I don't this, think so. This legitimately happened on the day that um, you know Osama bin Laden was killed. John Cena, after he won the title, came up and said. As all these people, because this was like even I think like phones and Internet was still kind of a nascent technology. So they didn't know they hadn't seen the news. He said, we have caught and compromised to a permanent end Osama bin Laden. And then cue uh, God bless America or something going over the loudspeakers as he shook hands with everybody in the audience on his way back. Which, okay, so that sounds ridiculous. You know what's more ridiculous Mm. is that before... This had been announced by any, literally anyone in government, anyone in the State Department, uh, uh, Obama, literally anyone. The Rock tweets about it because apparently someone who was in the control room or whoever, someone who knew about this, told The Rock before this happened. Just a He's little. He's the first person I tell anything. So <laughs> just like a weird bit of wrestling knowledge. Yeah. You know? It's a beautiful legacy. Yeah. It really <laughs> it's a, it's a good preview to the rock being president of the United States. For well. sure. Just saying. It's For nice. sure. For <laughs> sure. Oh, He's already in the room. Yeah. Everything is a red down to snow. <laughs> after he left the tea party, I forget what that what that group was called, and I do not care to remember. Uh, he had this music, which is the music I associate with him more than any other. Here's here's the 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 next iteration of Cesaro's entrance music.
this actually was CFO dollar sign. This is their their only yeah. contribution to Cesaro's lexicon. I mean, he made it his own. He made yeah. it work. He would come out, he'd do like the, he would do this thing with his arms. It yeah, he did like a punchy <laughs> thing. Like a punch thing, and like they were cannons. And then he pulled off his clothes. And then I stopped worried about the music. Yeah. This so, is before he pulled off his clothes. I don't think he was pulling off his clothes right away. I think that, not but right this away, music but it was, was during was the music that, yeah. for the pulling off of the clothes. Yes. I mean, as yes. someone who really fondly remembers the pulling off of the clothes, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, this was definitely around that same uh, Yeah, time. I don't want to take that away from it you. It has like that, Honestly, that more scene. than anything else, because I'm just so proud of him for making it himself. Like, I'm so proud of him. The punches he gives is like the same as uh, Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible where it looks like he's literally cocking up his arms to like get ready to hit someone. Mm-hmm. It's the same energy. What a guy. It's, oh boy. I'm really starting to understand the underrated and we don't know what to do with you though because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like any, that like this feels as sort of like huh. So he's the guy who sends then an ambulance will come because he's <laughs> like you're like you're trying to create a story you know what i mean and the and then the one before yeah. that was like i mean is that common to have wrestlers who like their theme songs are so wildly disparate from one another that they they that it's like an identity free wrestler cuz that's i don't know but that's now i'm apl- maybe i'm applying that what i know about cesaro and his career to that and it happens with everyone but for me it's like wait i don't get a sense that this is you i would not believe that it was the same guy who had yeah. all of these theme yeah. songs so far? I would be like, totally. no, these are clearly for different people who are very different from one another in terms of like what their character is. I, I think that's a fair criticism yep. of 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 what you're hearing a hundred percent, especially based on the reading you've done. I also think that that's part of what his struggle was. Yeah. It's maybe some on him. It's a lot on creative. Is they never really he? figured out who he yeah. was or gave him an opportunity to develop that way. So you it have shows. you know, you have a company with all of these people and you don't have spots for everybody. There are always going to be people left off and, and it's up to whoever's running it. They decide what they think an audience will like. And every once in a while, the audience will help dictate that to them because they'll buy somebody's t-shirt or they'll, Make extra noise when that person appears. I have and so many Cesaro t-shirts. I tried so hard. You yes, I you. I don't so know. I, I mean, look. I hope you made a bunch of money off of merch sales. I'm not. I'm just saying I, what you're. You're giving voice to something that that I think is a criticism of the run, not the guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Correct. To touch on that and that kind of uh, the reason that I feel like they because it's, it's Janet. Like it, it's not unusual for somebody who is popular internationally to come to WWE. WWE tries to do something with them. It doesn't totally work. And then they get fired within a year or two of them being within, within the okay. company. It just doesn't. It, sometimes it just it doesn't work out. Other times the bosses are assholes. Sometimes the wrestler is an asshole. Any number of things. The yeah. thing that kept Cesaro around, even though they could never quite get a beat on what to make him a super superstar was that he was very, very good at his job for one thing. Like he could have a good match with anybody. If you needed an entertaining 15 minutes of TV, you could, you could be put out there to have a good match and he would be good at it. And he was incredibly popular behind the scenes as well in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Everybody backstage loved having him oh, back that's there. That's nice and, to hear. Exactly. So it was like, I feel like they saw all of those things happening and they were like, we need to keep trying with this guy. He's like, he's too good for us to not figure something out with him, yeah. you know? Lindsay, I've never wanted to gift a, another human to a human as much as I wish I could gift him to you that's this very, this very <laughs> night. But you know what the worst part is? Like, even if he were to turn up on the doorstep now in the tear off suit, I would say, come in, yeah. have a lovely cup of coffee. Uh-huh. Let's have a lovely civil chat. Yeah. And then you can go home to your long-term partner 
who nice. is a female wrestler turned trainer oh. who is again super beloved in the industry nice and they've been together for a very long time and again an unproblematic king yeah. because they have been together Adorable. so long and they are just like a wonderful wrestle couple oh. um, so even if okay. you were to gift him to me I would maybe get him to do some light manual labour around the house <laughs> he's very tall yeah. very strong and I think he'd want to do it because he'd want yeah. to help You'd be like, why are you swinging my couch around? That's not cleaning. (laughs) If you could lift it while I dust underneath (laughs) it with my husband's head, um, then we would be fine. But um, yeah, I just genuinely, of all the people I've interviewed as well, of all the people I've talked to, he was one of the people who was, and it was when he was in a tag team with another wrestler called Seamus, which again, to put some context on that, he had a best of seven match series with Seamus against each other and these matches over the course of seven weeks end up being so popular and people love them so much they ended up being in a tag team together mm-hmm. instead of fighting against Adorable. each other because everyone loves the superheroes him. teamed up everyone loves yes. him Great. yeah and i interviewed the two of them together and they were just so clearly having the Aww. best time and just bezzy mates having larks bezzy and having mates. a wonderful time and he was so polite and so kind like got up out of his chair shook everyone's hand my husband was with me filming um that day and he like reached over me and was like oh what's your name sir like good to meet you and like jeff was fully like he is the first person who has even acknowledged i am alive this is insane because he's just a kind person yeah. um and I love him. Yeah, like so as anyway. with, um, well, no, just uh, uh, as with all drama, there is no trope that we all love in wrestling more than enemies becoming best friends and best mm-hmm. friends betraying each other. <gasps> sure. They're the best thing. Sure. Oh, that's Shakespeare. That's the circle of life. That's Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah that's, so exact, that's exactly <laughs> it. Uh, well, Janet, if you thought the last song sounded like it had an ambulance uh-huh. in it here's another one with a different ambulance in it. this is his next <laughs> version of his theme music it's you're just just a subtle difference oh, no. oh i see yeah okay just in case you didn't know he was european that's the that's uh, what they sound like though. was the first yeah. one supposed to be an air raid siren or something the first one was yes. a siren yeah. and then yes. they were like you know what not good enough ambulance Siren's not getting it over. He's an ambulance guy. <laughs> the ambulance is more personal. The air raid siren is like, who's attacking? What? From where? All of us? <laughs> yeah. And then the ambulance is like, oh, no, no mother... I'm yeah. not going to curse. No, mf or you You're can. going... You. We will call the ambulance. It's coming for you, the person I'm fighting. And only you. It's more personal. I get this, it. My favorite part is this little bit that right here. I don't even know what that is. It's just amazing. Just... It's the remix. Oh, I like awesome. it. I love weird, it. Wiki, wiki. Yeah. yeah. Not, a, not a fan. I'm <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Not a fan of that song. I'm not a fan yeah. of that song. <laughs> so as beloved as he was backstage, as underrated as he was in the ring and in the eyes of fans and, and the Wrestling Observer, which is a, a very well-known publication with a uh, person behind it who is of, of possibly questionable character. He's fine. Whatever. In spite of all that, in spite of, of him being able to put on a good match, when it came to the biggest show of the year, which is WrestleMania, which, as of our recording, is going to be this coming weekend, he only ever had one singles match, and that is over the course of a seven-year run on the main roster, which is kind of crazy. But when he did get that chance, this was the theme song that he entered to at his lone WrestleMania, which was this 2020? Was that his only? No, this single? was in front of people. So this was uh, last year, 2021. Oh, 2021. 2021. There you go. 
Yeah, I heard this one. This is like he's now a movie, not a person. Yeah. <laughs> and that's those are the kind of um, theme songs they give people when they believe in you. It really is his best one, I think. Yeah, it sounds like I'm going yeah. to see a blockbuster film starring yeah. him. That's fun. Very cinematic, very foreboding, yeah. very threatening, very like, I'm going to tell a story, mm-hmm. but oh, just one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And yet somehow very inspirational, too. Just that little like, ah, I love yeah. that. You know, listening to all of these, and this is the, this is the, the most polished one. But I wonder if part of his part of the struggle was that he never had a theme song. Like there are wrestlers of all kinds whose theme song is so good that that becomes mm-hmm. part of their thing. Sure. There's a guy named Bobby Roode who is a very good wrestler, but his theme song when he came to to WWE's developmental territory was so good that that became it became an internet meme thanks to a tag team that kept making videos. Here we can play and it, like surprising him with it. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is the theme song, and okay. we gotta do Shinsuke's after this. Yeah, here we go. It's been a while since I've heard it. It's so big um, and that's wild. Really so funny good. and it's great. Still so good. So so even though oh. he maybe didn't like catch the world on fire with his personality, yeah. they all sang along and and it, during a match, if he went like this, the crowd would go glorious. Oh, so it yeah. gave him yeah. an instant connection to the crowd. That and I don't think yeah. none of Cesaro's music had that. Then here's another guy. Um this, this is a theme song for for a guy who's still actively wrestling for WWE named Shinsuke Nakamura, who, unlike uh Robert Roode, has a ton of personality and a ton of charisma. He is a super legend, but he has a, a heavy, he's from Japan, he has a heavy Japanese accent. And in a lot of wrestling in the US, they make that seem like that's a reason you can't talk and advocate for yourself, so you need some, like, something extra, although um, he can talk for himself in English just fine. Yeah, his English is fluent. It's great. He just has an accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, people. God. Oh, it hasn't even gotten to the best part yet. Here it comes. So good. Is he serving up justice on the frontier? (laughs) I mean, I love it. I love the song. I love the song. It definitely is very like, I wish that he had a sheriff's. I mean, I understand that he's Japanese. There's a there's kind of a cool thing happening that's like uh, you know imagine I love it, it with a man in a lot of red leather doing a cross between a Michael Jackson and a Freddie Mercury impression. Yes, that's not mm-hmm. what I would expect with that song, but great. So so Cesaro so has good music, but so not that great that we've just spent a bunch of time talking about other people's theme songs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Say, look there how good go. this one is. Look how good that one is. But yeah. you know, Lindsay is talking about how sexy is, and I can't help but think that there's a perfect song for him mm-hmm. that is in their <laughs> library that they never used. Mm-hmm. Julian, you want to cue that one up and show what Cesaro's entrance music How should have been? You. Yeah. Coming to the ring right now. It's Cesaro. It's Cesaro. By the way, this is an actual song that was used in a behind-the-scenes video about NXT. So this is not like 
something you would find on Cinemax at one at one a.m. It still might be. It still might be. It still might be. It may also be that, but it is. It is generic. Oh yeah, you do want to hear his name whispered. Cesaro. Oh my gosh. That was would be amazing. Chikara. Yeah. So there we go. With some Swiss milk chocolate and yeah. a cuckoo clock. This is what you this, here's my pitch for this. My pitch mm. for this is they really lean into how mellow it is and it's basically like he's the back with a gorilla and then it's and then the whole stage rotates and then he's in a bed with white satin sheets mm. and then he sort of stretches and kind of slowly gets up and like lazily wraps the white satin sheet around himself Mm. and he's sort of stretching on his way to go get his coffee and like you know maybe oh whoops oh the sheet wasn't tied on well enough and it like (laughs) slipped off you know what I mean and we feel like we're having this intimate moment like oh I shouldn't be seeing this that I mean I'm that I don't know everyone else I, I, should, I, feel I mean, like that might right have to time. be a pre-tape, but I'm good. <laughs> right? Yeah. I feel like this is the right time to mention when um, there was a whole movement in the um, fandom. When he was in the tag team with Seamus, they were called The Bar because they don't set the bar. They are, are the bar. The bar. Okay. Yes, and they were going um, like this. But there was a whole um, movement where people started showing up with signs that said, uh, Cesaro is daddy. Mm-hmm. And Cesaro, despite speaking five languages, was very confused. <laughs> Because he has no children. Um, and he was on a number of podcasts. Yeah, he was on a number of podcasts and a number of interviews expressing confusion uh-huh. of why he was a, why he was daddy. Look, um, he, he, he is the ultimate wrestle daddy. He's such a wrestle daddy. Oh, he's great. He, wrestle he daddy, plays right. video games. He plays board games. You know what he doesn't play? Them games with your ass. <laughs> That's what he don't play. Uh, he will quit playing games with your heart because he is not that guy. Yeah. He's Great. not that guy. I mean, I'm sold. I love him. He's currently yeah. my second favorite pro wrestler. First? It's Colt Cabana. <laughs> I yeah. mean. But what if it was Colt Cabana and Daddy Cesaro in a tag team together in the white satin sheets with, with the sexy music? I, I'm great with it. I mean, I don't think Colt right? would be able to sustain a serious expression. I think it would what turn into had... something very silly very quickly, but I'm also there for that. What if they had sexy... What if it was sexy bunk beds <gasps> with white satin sheets? Sexy, sexy onesies. They one of right? them tumbles out of his race car bed, scratches uh, his <laughs> butt, his <laughs> little his little pajama bottom snap open. You see his butt. It's real cute. Yes. This is his hair is all for those two guys. They're both he pours they're both available. Yeah, I'm in. I yeah. think Great. that this is, you know, we have the, the dueling promos where you have Cesaro in the white satin sheets making his coffee, and then you have Colt in his race car bed making his milkshake. It's like so this easy makes to picture. Also, yeah, that it's that's so beautiful. And then I would watch that match all day long, uh, all day yeah. long. Book it, brother. Yeah, I do want and, that. Yeah. And Janet, I um, when you said Colt would not be able to sustain, I thought we were going in a wildly different direction. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'd be fine in that regard, I'm sure. <laughs> different, different. Well, there you go. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Janet Varney, Lindsay Kelk, and Daniel Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. If you are not already listening to the JV Club, you should be. There is a bonus episode for that on your feed as well. Because if you listen to this, you're already a Max Fun member, but you should also go listen to every other episode she's ever done because they're great, wonderful, honest conversations about childhood that will make you think about yours 
and maybe relate to it in a different way. That's right. And everyone except for my producer, who's in this chat right now, has a very special episode that you can listen to and enjoy. Really. <laughs> you guys don't want to hear that. I'm there afraid of microphones. <laughs> <laughs> and that this producer... So deeply I don't know. <laughs> I'm not getting that impression. That's right. Uh, our producer is the Max Pun Drive, Julian Burrell. Senior producer Woo! at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Find links to all of our social media channels in the show notes. We'd love to chat with you. And if you love what we do, please remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much for being a Max Fun member. Thank you for supporting art that you enjoy. And whether you are a supporter of this podcast or not, we appreciate you being a member of the Maximum Fun family. And please join us every week when we always are talking about, you guessed it, wrestling. I am 100% recording now, unless you'd like me to stop. And now go for it. Let's, timed. Okay. We just like also, an episode of the JV Club. <laughs> tell me what you want me to do. I, every time I'm like, I don't know if this is helping him. <laughs> it's all good. And then I never hear anything. So I'm like, I'm sure he'll tell me to adjust. Nah. If, okay. I was like, imagine your podcast you've been doing for like eight years before I had any say in it. I just said, okay, we're changing everything in here. Janet. You could say that. I'm I the, welcome it. I'm the hotshot millennial they hired just to spice things up a little bit around yeah. the office. <laughs> We just let him do stuff. Also, wings and wangs, uh, only flats uh, and Chicago style hot dogs. Wings and wangs. Oh, I there don't want go. flats. That would um, work. That would sell. It would restaurant. be a successful business. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. I really was just thinking like a male Hooters. Like, sorry, Julian. You got us on at the end of the day. Yes. We're not any as bad as we are in the morning. I'm like my yeah. fourth diet coke. I'm basically the Kevin Nash like, can, Kevin Nash it. can star in that the same way you starred in um, in Magic Mike. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, Pepsi is so sad right now because you are holding a can of Pepsi. <laughs> Up to the camera, as you said, I'm on my third Diet Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Pepsi. It is what it is. It is what it is. I drink Pepsi. By preference, but I'm still going to call it. We all know all vampires are part of the uh, the Pepsi generation. So. That's right. It's all part of a conspiracy. It's all part of. The Lindsay conspiracy. just keeps a can around in case she has to solve world peace. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love doing this thing to Julian where he's like, "Are we ever going to talk about wrestling?" It's like, no. Yeah. No, we're not. No. And leave all of this. Yeah. Leave all of Julian. This is what we do for the bonus content. God damn it. Oh, really slippery pants. I keep dropping my phone with my research on it because my pants are too slippery. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Constant issue. I should have oiled up. It's a wrestling podcast. I should have oiled up. Wait, that would make it yeah. worse. No, I might make that it better. Was, I just heard clank and then you said, oh, these damn pants. I thought you were wearing a metal suit of armor. But yeah, why did I wear my armor? <laughs> I feel endangered when I podcast, so I have to wear chain mail. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.